Tonight on Rogue Padron, it's Raining Men, Lieutenant Nita's Moral Dilemma, Admiral Akbar, the Mon Kalahati, Coruscant Reborn, and Dr. Corrin's Love Dungeon. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. so proud of myself i got through it without laughing it's amazing <laughs> mon calahati <laughs> i laughed for like 10 minutes after I wrote. <laughs> it's so, so good. good it's so good <laughs> everyone everyone use that now <laughs> <laughs> oh hello everyone and welcome to Rogue Padron. Today is, we'll be talking about the last chapters of X-Wing Wedges Gamble. Woo-hoo! But before that, here's a quick introduction to your hosts. For I'm Easter. the only one excited about that, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're the only one interrupting me, Danny. <laughs> We're all excited. We're just not rude about it. <laughs> for Easter, we have Saf Rogue Seven, who waited patiently on Naboo for Padme to rise from death. Oh, that's so, that's so true. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Still waiting. Yep, still waiting. Still crying. We have Danny, Rogue Six, who doesn't give a darn about Easter because he couldn't eat candy until the 29th. But now I'm eating all of it. Just in time for all the, like, 75% off Easter candy. It's true. I got so many bags of jelly beans for 75 cents. Oh, my God. (laughs) We have Heath, Rogue 3, who chased the Easter Bunny around New York City. Oh, wait. That's just his normal seven-mile run. Hashtag NBD. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I've been doing it. I've been doing the thing. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader. And Jesus woke up early to come over to hear us read terrible fanfic because he knew that I was starting with a Kylo Ren and Hux fic. (laughs) Nice. Oh. (laughs) It was gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> FYI we all need Jesus we all need Jesus <laughs> yeah well speaking of Jesus I have a question about Rogue One <laughs> okay um, so we actually got some news about Rogue One and I didn't ask about it last week because I'm terrible at podcasting but uh, here we are now C2E2 was uh, the convention in Chicago and there were a couple announcements out there actually one was that there's going to be, to everyone's surprise, a couple of prequel comic book series that are tied into Rogue One coming out in October. And then also Del Rey announced the first book, which is also coming out in October, which is also a prequel to Rogue One. And that's literally all we know about it. It's called Catalyst, and it's tied into Rogue One, but we don't even know the author. So my question is this week, uh, who, knowing absolutely nothing about this book, who would be your dream author? For this book, Alexander Freed. So, so Saf, do you have an answer for the question? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Hermione did. I was just very excited. <laughs> Take some time to think about it. <laughs> I just really like Twilight Company, and I wanted to do another like military book. So that's what I want this book to be. I mean, it would totally fit the theme of the movie. Exactly. 
I, um, I'll I go would, ahead, Heath. I would say that, I mean, assuming that X-Wings are involved in Rogue One, given the title, let's bring in Stackpole. Why Ooh. not? When Meg, do you, do you know when he last wrote a Star Wars book? Has it been a while? Yes. Okay, I will say let's bring in <laughs> Stackpole, provided he has lost the Slender Lady shtick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that'd be awesome. That's a great way to bring in, you know, old EU fans. And again, definitely if it's an X-Wing book, why not bring in the guy who kicked off the X-Wing fanaticism in the fandom 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. M- Meg? <laughs> I don't... Mm, I... It's hard for me to have an answer to this question because... Like, my favorite author out of anything, as in the books, every book he writes I read, I don't think would do a very good job at Star Wars. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm trying to think of someone who, like, isn't a Star Wars writer who I would want to see tackle it. Um, But I honestly have, have zero ideas because I mostly read, like, horror books or, like, murder novels. Hey, I'm always here for Star Wars horror. No, no, my favorite, my favorite john Connolly, but um i don't know like i think out of star wars authors i would want kevin j anderson but i'm a sucker who loves young jedi knights and the little lost bantha cub and <laughs> i think everyone else would disagree mm-hmm. with me in that he wrote assessment. courtship of princess leia too right like he's he did not ones. dave wolverton did oh dave wolverton yeah wrote the jedi academy trilogy oh okay yeah which I know people do not like, but I love because it it touched me emotionally, and I cried on the bus while reading it. Oh, what more do you need? I cry on the bus a lot reading Star Wars books. <laughs> That's fair. Last time I read a Star Wars book on the bus, it was that scene where Arisi and Corin were getting saucy, and I was like, "Yeah," because I get That's... very flustered when I read like <laughs> kissing, even. And so that was happening, and like I could just feel my face turning red, and I was like, "Oh God, they're all gonna judge me for this." Oh Everyone God, was like what's she got on her Kindle? <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was reading like Fifty Shades of Grey or something. The way I was reacting. Well, what about you, Danny? <laughs> um, I think my vote actually would go for Alexander Freed too. And I, I know we did just get a book from him, but it was really good. And again, like he, I think he would do a good job writing a military theme book. And I think it'd be super cool if it was another Twilight Company book. Why not? <gasps> yes. Oh my God, I would love that so much. Or Unlikely. Like, if some of the characters from that book were present in this other book, because I don't think any of those characters are going to be in Rogue One, but if they, you know, this would be a prequel to the, the book he published last year, if some of those characters were present in the time of whatever's going on in this book, would be kind of cool, too. Or, yeah, like the founding of Twilight Company or something. Or, like, them just in the background. I just, or, yeah. I love Twilight Company so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. I also wouldn't mind John Jackson Miller. Um, he did a really good job with A New Dawn, with like introducing characters, mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming this book will have characters that we'll see in Rogue One, and he has shown that he can do a good job of taking new characters and like showing how they come together and then moving the story forward from there. I will never yeah. say no to John Jackson Miller. Unfortunately, he's got three Star Trek books. Yeah, he's too busy. Year, so I kind of doubt he'll he'd be able to get a Star Wars one in there too. And he's writing a, a Halo graphic novel. Um, oh yeah, comic. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's way too busy he's, then. He's like mastering also, all I wouldn't the mind, franchises. Basically, I wouldn't mind um, James Luciano either because I really like his, his style. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. Our answer to this question is that we would like any Star Wars author to write this literally book. Literally anyone. anyone who hasn't written a Star Wars book. And this not, first not, anyone. Not, any, no, not, not anyone. Not anyone. Not any Star Wars author. <laughs> Maybe that's I, right I mean, I love, Who do you I not want to see write the book? It. I, no, that's mean. I don't want to do that. Okay. But, no. No, no, wait, no. I have a real answer to that. Though. I like, I love Greg Bear's writing, and he did um, Rogue Planet, I think. But I don't think he would suit this style of book, like a prequel book for this kind of thing. Like, I love his writing, but it's very fantasy-ish. There you go. Mm. I was going to say go. J.K. Rowling, so. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some X-Wings. <clears throat> When we were last with our friendly group of rogues, they were starting to attack Coruscant, basically. And Corrin is up flying around in his Z-95 headhunter, and he witnesses the Imperial Palace being targeted by the orbital mirror, which causes the building to basically melt and then erupt. Then the building began to melt. Yeah. You know, as buildings do, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know how buildings work. Maybe it was made out of sugar or Play-Doh. Ask the conspiracy theorists. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's talk to some 9-11 truthers and <laughs> oh, they'll, no. they'll let us we know. Can, we can get my dad on. <laughs> no. <Wow. laughs> too no. real, too real. Back off, back off. <laughs> Stop breaking the fourth wall, Seth. So then what happened? <laughs> so then... We actually cut to a different scene back on the Corsica Rainbow, where the crew and Captain Elor is watching the storms, and the worst they notice that it's the worst storm that Coruscant has seen in decades. So basically, the rogue's plane is working out well. The shields are still up, with five minutes to go before the rebel fleet is within range to attack the planet. Captain Elor charges the gravity wells, because she's going to get the job done if Rogue Squadron does not. Back on the ground, though, as we jump around a lot in this, in these chapters, Wedge's team meets up with Gavin's at the control command. Tycho has good and bad news for his commander. The good is that the inner shields have come down. The bad is that with the power grids going offline, suddenly a secret backup system of power grids has come on with enough strength to power the outer shields. And since they were never activated and never drawing any power beforehand, no one knew their existence and they have no idea where the power grids are. Good. That's awkward. Right? (laughs) Here's the surprise (laughs) huge power grid system. That's really impressive. Coruscant just has so much around. Emperor knew what he was doing, so I guess when building a city, who knew? Yeah. Yeah. He has... A master's degree in political science with a minor in architecture. And in urban planning. And urban planning. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! It's actually M. Trey who saves the day here. Yay. Again. And it wasn't this is becoming a by <laughs> Remember when we thought M. Trey was the spy? <laughs> Remember when you guys thought I still kind of do, to be honest. <laughs> And look, I've come around on M. Trey. I like him a lot now, as long as he's not winking. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like him a lot now, especially when he's winking. <laughs> me too. Why? Danny, why are you like this? I've come around. It's pretty cute. Uh. Actually, he's like a robot. Like, so flirty. <laughs> anyway. 
Amtrak points out that the lightning will hit most frequently around the power grids because they're already leaking power. And I guess lightning is attracted to power. I'm not really <laughs> sure how it works. Just like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> oh, so true. So when you plot all the lightning strikes on a map, they'll be able to see where like the main power stations are. They managed to pick out the station, but of course it's somehow impervious to lightning, which is probably a good thing since it is a power station. So to actually blow the station up, they're going to send Corrin into the storm, into the worst part of the storm, and take it out with his magic missiles. I'm, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> That's magic from D&D, Mig. Corrin's magic know. missiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a D&D spell. <laughs> Corrin's like a level 12 Sorcerer. wizard. I don't know. I'm making and it up. It? I've never played d <laughs> References, references. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. There's levels and wizards. It's all I got. And dungeons. <laughs> and dungeons. Yeah, there's dungeons. That we'll get and to right. the dungeon later. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Getting ahead Thanks. of things. <laughs> so Corrin, of course, goes into the storm. And he's unfortunately followed by a TIE pilot who a TIE pilot who can actually fly. And as Corrin manages to avoid him, he hits the target, but it only manages to break the outer shell of the power facility. So he needs one more run to or- in order to finish the job. So Wedge you're comes saying up. that Corrin's missile fails to penetrate? Sure does. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wedge then comes up with a plan (laughs) (laughs) and tells Corrin to go back in, keeping the tie as close to his tail as possible without getting himself killed. Corrin fires his second missile, and Corrin's target feed is sent directly to Winter's data pad, and Winter's data pad is linked directly into the substation computer. She's sliced into a bunch of programs and set up a ton of flags to automate the TIE's trajectory to match that of the missile. So as Corrin's missile goes in to hit the power station, the TIE follows the same trajectory and comes in for a second larger blast that turns Coruscant dark. Winter is like such a nerd. <laughs> Winter is a, a band, you mean. Sorry, I meant yeah, that as a I re- good thing. Oh, I yeah. Really, I really like her. Winter's great. I'm glad, like, I've heard so much about her because everyone always talks about her when it comes to Legion stuff, and I've never encountered her before, and it's so cool to actually finally see her in action and see how cool she really is. Yeah. She's in Thrawn, right? She, yes. yes. Okay, I thought I remembered her. She's pretty minor in it, though, I think. Yeah, she plays a pretty minor role, but she's in it. Yeah, she's kind of in most of the post-Legends, post-Return of the Jedi books that deal a lot with Leia. And and she's in Scoundrels randomly. Really? I never read Scoundrels. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Too many crabs, paths crossing. After the big blasts, we go back to the Corsica Rainbow, and Captain, we see Captain Elor shut down the gravity wells with five seconds to spare. And she- the battle for Coruscant is about to begin. Bum, bum, bum. In the next chapter, we go back to the mirror station. And in case we needed any more proof, we really see that Lieutenant Nita is an idiot. He's not a wise <laughs> man, like, at all. <laughs> not at all. 
as he's reveling in his somehow victory of sitting there and doing a good job, he witnesses the Star Destroyer's accuser and the adjudicator jump back into orbit around Coruscant, which is standard procedure when something weird happens. He, however, slowly remembers that both of these Star Destroyers were captured at Endor. And as he sees the Mon Calamari ships jump in and a a bunch of other ships, he realizes that they're in some trouble. Although the mirror station doesn't have any weapons, he tells his men to arm themselves as he won't be taken without a fight. Because obviously, the Republic's first goal is to take over the mirror stations. Obviously. Obviously. He's so important. (laughs) Back on the ground, the rogues briefly feel relief at their victory. And the TIE fighters are heading up and out to meet the rebel fleet along with several Star Destroyers. There are no weapons on the ground, and the rogues have no way to help out their companions above. Tycho mentions that the bright side is that the Golan defense platforms haven't targeted them. Because if they did, they would all be super dead. (laughs) Not just regular Super dead. dead. (laughs) Super dead. So dead. (laughs) Because the the platforms are made to take out capital ships. So targeting a a rinky-dink power station, like, nothing. Nothing be left. Well, that would be kind of a bad idea on their part anyways, because then it would be harder to fix it later if they needed to. I don't think right now they're really thinking that well about it. Okay, that's very true. Wedge, however, from this gets an idea. Light bulb. Light bulb. So back to Lieutenant Nita, who is basically being ignored by his crew. They all know that they are completely powerless, so they just keep playing cards as (laughs) Lieutenant Nita is kind of freaking out. The men tell him that they can't that they can just defect and Nita can make up a story about how his cousin, the late Nita, was a sympathizer and let Han Solo escape from the asteroid field. Nita's like, Do you do you really think that they would believe that? So he's not entirely <laughs> against the idea of defecting. <laughs> wow, such I... a loyal Imperial. I know. Like ten seconds ago he was like, Arm yourselves, men. And now he's like, I could I can make it work. This, this could happen. It can't possibly be worse than this. This character was just kind of slipped here into the end of the book, but he is an absolute delight. Really <laughs> and I hope he does defect. Yeah. Yep. And we see him like have a super important job in the rebellion where he has to like sit importantly. <laughs> that would be amazing. But like <laughs> he gets a promotion and everyone's like super nice to him and he's like, Oh my gosh, this is the life I've meant to live. <laughs> It'll be like Captain Elor. What have I been like, doing this whole time? Right. It was like, wow, the the Republic treats me so well, and then and then he'll join. He'll be like, wow, the Republic does treat me well, and slowly they will change everyone's minds, and everybody will turn to the Republic, and there will be no more fighting, and everyone will be happy. Yes. And then all those never guys playing seven. cards are going to be like, oh yeah, we should follow Anita. Right. Yeah. You know, as long as he just needs to chill out a little bit. But before Anita can make up his mind, the mirror starts moving again. On his flagship, Home One, Admiral Akbar, the Mon Kalahati, watches the battle and is told about the mirror station moving. It targets the nearest Golan and punches a hole through it, which is, this is obviously Wedge's doing, right? <laughs> and Akbar will send ships over to it to insist to assist in getting any troops off and letting them tell the story to the other defense platforms, hoping it'll be enough of a deterrent to, te- to keep the other Golan defense platforms at bay so 
on either side, Admiral Akbar is thinking most about the preservation of life. Oh, I love that guy. So good. Talking to him. <clears throat> back in the city, the rogues are in the headhunter. The rogues that are in the headhunters are heading back to refuel and then join the battle above. As they go back to, toward Tycho's base, civilian ships start taking off to flee the planet. Corin, of course, has to have like a monologue that lasts for two pages about how he has mixed feelings about wanting to punish them and kill them all. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> letting them go and he has good no riddance. chill. No, literally chill. no chill. <laughs> like th- these people, there's about to be a war on their planet, like a literal war. These people are going to want to leave. Like, let the civilians go away. Right. They're not involved. Like, they, sure, they were implicit in, like, the Imperial whatever, but you don't right. actually know, like, that they had much of a choice anyways because the Empire is a pretty strong hold around the, the core. The right. Core, and it, it doesn't mean that they weren't also living in fear every day just because they were rich. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably were. I mean, Stormtroopers are scary in the context right. of the universe. Right, Yeah. And, you know, who knows how Palpatine treated everybody and the security measures that he had. Because he had eyes and ears and everything, so. <laughs> That's and a really I saw it. visual. <laughs> <laughs> Just eyeballs everywhere. <laughs> Super cool. Honey, Palpatine <laughs> put his eyeballs it. in the sugar jar again. <laughs> I would literally be living my life in constant fear if I knew that, like, <laughs> eyeballs just pop up. <laughs> the worst. There's like an ear in your tote bag when you get to work. You're like, God damn it. Not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just not again. <laughs> so annoying. Oh, good. That was a good tangent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> a plus. And Corin comes up with the motto, better no life at all than one lived in constant fear. Oh, God, shut up, Corrin. How he, how he <laughs> you know, makes it okay that all these people are fleeing, but he also relays it as a motto for the rebellion because, you know, they're, everyone's risking their lives and everyone knows that they'll probably die relatively soon. But it's better than having the galaxy and having their lives being constantly threatened and just dealing with that and not doing anything about it. So, okay. but we all knew that, Corin, so you're not that smart. <laughs> As he's flying, Corin notices a weird contact point. He tells Pash that he's going to go check it out and then come in to refuel. And we all know how well this went for Luke Skywalker on Hoth. <laughs> yep. Not that well. For more, see The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, <laughs> right. Episode 5. You haven't already. <laughs> Back on home for right. understanding Ugh. the content of this podcast. Back on home one, Akbar is surprised by the light resistance around Coruscant. Their last intel had two additional star destroyers with more illustrious history in orbit around the planet. And as Akbar starts to starts to plan, starts his plan to secure the battle, they fairly easily take out the two destroyers. One surrenders while ground troops and fighters start to descend on the planet. Akbar then tells his lieutenant to find me someone down there who can surrender that world to me, which was like the immediate point that I'm like, oh no, I have weird feelings for Akbar. <laughs> I am not going <laughs> to no, lie. Meg. <laughs> like, so justice like huge justice boner right there. Yeah. So good. Okay, okay. 
I, I can I can kind of understand that, but at the same time, I'm also like, no. You're also like fish head, fish head. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, it's like, have you seen him? <laughs> I wow, have. Wow, so rude. Why are you being like that? <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> I'm not attracted to fish, Danny. That's what's happening. Yeah, it's that's a totally normal reaction. <laughs> I, wow. I'm really into mer people, so I don't know. Oh, that that's fair. I've never really been into mermaids or anything, so you know. Super into mer people. But usually, yeah. like, the human part up top, but... To say, right. you like it when the fish part is the bottom half. Yeah. <laughs> but Akbar's making me rethink my preferences right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I would like an Akbar Photoshop with him, like, with Fabio hair blowing in the wind and a Hekka six-pack. <laughs> oh Can someone please, like, Photoshop Akbar's head on the rock's body? Yeah. So basically, oh like, God. a super buff merman, but with Akbar's Ak- head. With Ak- boulders. Buff. Yes, with boulders. <laughs> Make it happen, Twitter. Make it happen. I, I think you mean Heath, and I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's okay. We don't have to pretend you're not asking me to do it. <laughs> I just don't want to, like, you know, pull my rank or anything. <laughs> Real three. Anyway. Get on I, that. I, I know what the phrase, can we have a Photoshop of me? <laughs> what it actually means. I get it. Okay. In a less creepy tangent, as Corn flies off to investigate the contact point, only he can see on the scans, his ship starts moving without him. He can't do an emergency shutdown. He can't like escape he can't do anything i think i know what's gonna happen corin's gonna see his life flash before his eyes and he's gonna enter monologue about it for pages but he's gonna survive at the last second and everyone's gonna have a happy ending nope <laughs> on the screens wedge and co see corin's headhunter hit the building and implode Wait. implode the building implodes Oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I was like, so, damn, Corrin's definitely did this. <laughs> so Corrin's so dead? Hecka dead. I don't know how to feel about this. I will never believe Corrin's death, ever. No. Corrin will... He'll finally actually die, and I'll be like, nah. Corrin will outlive <laughs> us all. Corrin is the real zombie Jesus. <laughs> Wedge though, is reeling from it, and he actually gets a two-page inner monologue of how it feels to be in command and lose these friends and how hard he tried to distance himself, but how it was a total futile effort because he's still hurting right now. And Tycho reminds him that Corrin may have been able to punch out before it happened, and if anyone's going to survive, it's Cornhorn, and he's probably waiting for someone to get him right now. And Tycho just continues to be Captain America because the mm-hmm. last conversation he had with Corin, Corin was like basically telling him he was going to find out he was going to get him in trouble basically for being a spy. And yep. Tycho, and especially knowing what we know about the next chapter coming up here, and Tycho is still just like totally sticking up for him right now without a, a yep. bad word to say about him, which is just amazing. So good. Or he could be trying to implicit himself. Saf. 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 Love it. I'm sorry. Can I'm, you I'm not? sorry. I don't, I don't keep believe ruffling, that. But he keep ruffling them feathers, Saf. It's what I do. It's what I do best. I make, I make nerds angry. That is what you do best. I'm side, I am side eyeing you so hard right now. I can feel it. 
That's an intercontinental side eye happening right there. <laughs> Impressive. Mm-hmm. Wedge, of course, gets up and starts heading out there because rogues always help rogues. And that's how we end that chapter. So the last chapter book starts four days later. And Corrin has been officially declared killed in action. I can't believe it. Yeah. It finally happened. Wow. (laughs) The rest of the books are going to be so short. (laughs) There won't be six pages of inner monologue every time. (sighs) Wedge, of course, is constantly frustrated. Mirax and Yellow look like they're gonna have look like they've had their hearts ripped out as on one hand Yellow finally got to meet her partner, you know, after years of hiding, and Mirax and Corin finally noticed each other and accepted each other's feelings. I like but, don't know how to feel about this chapter because like we've just spent the last how many weeks complaining about how ridiculous Corin is. And yet I see that people are only sad about it. And yet I don't know if I should be like, I know he's not dead anyway, but I'm just like, I don't know how to feel about all this. Yeah. I kind of like read this all because I I read the chapter, like the chapter four, and I was like, he's not dead. Like, I know he's not dead. It's obvious he's not going to die. Um, And then like I read this chapter. And so I kind of had like this numbness of just like, everyone's sad, but. I don't care because I know he's not dead. Like Everyone's sad, but I don't care. Yes, kind of. I mean, that's my <laughs> life story, really. Yeah, I when I read this, I was kind of hoping I had been able to read this book like when they first came out so that I would have actually believed that Corrin was actually dead. Because, like, I mean, we know he's not. But it, I imagine as these books were coming out, people got to this part and were like, oh my god, Corrin is dead, and like actually believed it. Right. Yeah, you're and right. Like, that maybe good. that's why they were purposefully giving, you know, like, Gavin more chapter time. and more, Right. Like, it's like, oh, Gavin's going to be the new hero. Yeah. yeah. Until he dies a horrible, horrible death next book. So your mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't say things like that. Well, the good news is, that they did find Arrow Numb safe and alive in one of the buildings. It's Yay. fine. Oh. <laughs> it's fine, Everything Danny. Everything is fine. You've been so saying that the whole the... time. I have no emotions about this because it's fine. So sure. She is fine. See, she's safe and alive. <laughs> she's just fine. She was the Solaston, the adult Solaston that Lore had picked out to save. Little did he know <laughs> that she was going to go back and tell the high heads of the Republic that everything that happened. Which is okay. Well, I mean, it does work out for lore, what lore and Izad wanted. A little bit, but I think the Rebellion probably knows a little bit more than what they wanted them to know now. Yeah. But yeah. also it makes Errol Nub such a tragic character because now all these Solistans that she met, these these are her people, and now she knows that they're all melting, and there's nothing she can do about it. Uh, Get some back there. Yeah. Why do they have to melt? Yeah. I don't know really if the Solstons melt. The Corin melt Everything for sure. Melts on Coruscant. <laughs> Coruscant's very melty. It's all made of candy. <laughs> 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 I wish. Someone's been eating a lot of jelly beans. <laughs> Someone has candy on the mind. Wedge. As he's pondering existence, asks himself the question that nobody on the rebel side wants to ask. Why wasn't it harder? 
twist. And <laughs> 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 he comes to the conclusion that Isard wanted them to take the planet, which we know is true, and that it would be their downfall because they'll have to protect it and stabilize the planet from now on. So basically, Wedge is right about everything. Correct. Wedge is smart. Surprising. As <laughs> usual. Yep. They all learn about the plague from Errol, and Noir and Shiel are healing thanks to the Bacta. The rogues, thankfully, have probably killed a vast quantity of the virus thanks to boiling off all that water. And remember, earlier we found out that they couldn't make it airborne. So, good plan, Gavin. <laughs> Yay, Gavin! Yay, Gavin! <laughs> you didn't even know what would happen, but you probably saved a bunch of aliens. Not humans, whatever. And... As Wedge is wandering around aimlessly like this, the Elder Kraken and Pash come to see him. Nope. 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 At first, Wedge is happy to see both of them, but instantly realizes something is wrong. The Elder Kraken informs Wedge that they have arrested Tycho on suspicion of sabotage and murder of Corrin Horn. Yeah. What? Oops. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> they have some circumstantial evidence, like being gone from Nokovisor, Tycho having access to the headhunters, Corrin threatening to expose Tycho, and all of that was enough to give them a reason to have a trial and to arrest him. So wait, this all hinges on Corrin was being a <laughs> to Tycho. <laughs> Correct. Tycho wasn't in this other place at this Tycho time. Tycho was following orders from Wedge, secret orders so from Wedge. So therefore, Tycho murdered Corrin. It Correct. makes so much sense. This exactly happens in the A-Team as well, and that's why the A-Team's in front. But... so mad about it. <laughs> well, you can tell the Elder Kraken doesn't want to do it either. Yeah. I think the Elder Kraken is on the fence about it. I don't think he well, cares either way, but I think Pash feels really bad about it. Yeah, Pash feels bad, and I think he he also respects like Wedge enough to like <laughs> believe that Wedge thinks that Tycho's innocent, even though he's not sure himself. Right, yeah. But it's just that he has to do his duty, which is intelligence security. I'm not sure why he's the one who's telling people this, but... Whatever. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe intelligence is also like the cop part of everything, and the ones who arrest people. But, you know, at first, Wedge is like, oh my gosh, Pash, why'd you betray us? But then, you know, the Elder Kraken is very open up front that Pash did not want to be a witness. But Pash is like his dad and felt that it was necessary to let someone know that it might not have been fully... Um, it might not have been, like, there might have been suspicious circumstances to Corrin's death, whether or not it was Tycho. Ugh. Because he told, you know, he told Pash about the contact point, and Pash didn't see it on his computer. And verifying that with Wedge, who was probably closer to that point, and also could not see that on their computer, it was probably like, a, oh, this, why did this thing happen? And This makes me kind of want Pash out. Yes. <laughs> no... No, Pash is okay. Everyone involved with this arrest should be out. I just, I'm so mad about it. (laughs) Don't worry, it means we get a trial. 
And the trial is very rakish. And a trial so. means Noara Venn, rogue lawyer to the rescue. Yes. Oh, my God. So <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I will spoil and say it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Good. Noara Venn looking... is, is on point. I'm looking forward to Noara defending Tycho in court. That will be very good. It, it was really good. Wedge, of course, is super angry that this so-called evidence was enough to get Tycho arrested. But the Elder Kraken shoots Wedge down when Wedge, you know, kind of infers that it was it's not a fair process. Tycho is going to get a fair trial in the public, which is what the rebellion stands for on the justice front. This reminds me a lot of um the interludes in Aftermath with the when they were bringing, like, the Imperial prisoners and the Republic person was, like, when people were trying to shame them in public and stuff, she's like, no, no, they're going to get fair trials or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a very similar thing. It's nice to know that, like, the New Republic is similar across the canon and Legends, like mm-hmm. And Wedge gets the last line and says, the pity is, even in victory, justice still eludes those who deserve it the most. Mm-hmm. Mm. So good. Why'd you so you right? Justice bonus. Yep. Justice bonus. Big justice one. Justice bonus for all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think Austin will let that be the title of our <laughs> <laughs> just a feeling. <laughs> feeling Prob- will not hurt, probably not. But <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's good. As we head into the epilogue, we find out surprise. Corrin is alive. Gasp! He wakes up naked, drugged, and in binders in a dark room. Insert Emtray winky face. I hope you know she put a winky face into the notes here. She absolutely did. (laughs) This is... Why is he naked? Just give him some pants. So unnecessary. I just... This entire scene, every time something happened, I was like, he's naked. He's naked. He's naked. Stop thinking about that. He's super naked right now. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Oh Don't visualize that, listeners. It's too late or for you, me. if that's your thing, whatever. Due to the gentle vibrations, he realizes he's on a ship. Sorry, not sorry. We've gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) Yet again. About time. I think I went too far, like, right in the beginning, so it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Corn realizes he passed out in the cockpit of the headhunter due to G-forces or other sciences. I don't know. (laughs) What a nerd. (laughs) Isard then comes to speak to him and remember he's naked this whole time and he keeps up <laughs> but don't visualize old... it if you don't want to <laughs> lest you forget <laughs> he's super naked as he keeps up the good corn horn charm and by charm I mean just being super freaking annoying <laughs> Seth, I mean same when, a couple weeks ago and he said you cannot wait for Isard and Cornhorn to meet, did you ever imagine yeah, that this would be the this what you imagined? I didn't imagine him being naked. This is not what I expected. In a dungeon, <laughs> on a ship, with gentle Being vibrations. woken up by gentle vibrations. 
I like I had such mixed feelings because when she came in, I was like, yes, finally. But also, I was like, why does he have to be naked? naked. Why is he naked? (laughs) (laughs) Things are just out in the open. Like I'm just stressed. Just you know, hanging out, hanging around. Cool guy, Corinne. So what happens next, Rogue Leader? (laughs) So then next, Corinne asks Isard what she gave Tycho to betray the rebellion. She doesn't deny or confirm that Tycho was involved and tells him that Tycho has been arrested for his death. Corin isn't too cut up about it. Also, um, it should be noted that Corin is naked during this part. Right. <laughs> it should be noted that Corin didn't ask Icehard for clothes. He asked her <laughs> what she gave Tycho to betray the rebellion. <laughs> That is top of mind for him right now. He's just thinking about Tycho. It's fine. <laughs> wow, naked. I'm just naked thinking about Tycho. <laughs> when am I not? <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry, Austin. <laughs> no, we're we're not sorry. No, we're not. We would stop it if we were sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I start telling. We could have stopped this a long time ago. It's true. <laughs> Koran, 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 uh, Isard <laughs> tells Koran that they're on their way to Lysankia to turn him into her puppet. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, it's funny because he's naked. <laughs> <laughs> so many things could be going on right now. Um, I'm so sorry to our listeners. <laughs> What's, what's important in these last couple paragraphs is that Isard calls Corin little man, and I'm 100% there for it. So good. So good. That's so good. You do not want to be called little man while you're naked. No. No. Oh. She also tells him that he's going to bring the ruin of the rebellion once she's done with him. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. And that's weird. how book two ends. <laughs> what an ending. I did not expect that. No, not at all. Someone from Laos just called me. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Yay. Speaking of Laos, last week we asked you all an amazing question that we all have to answer first, actually. Yep. And it was to write a fic. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so good. So thanks, Danny, for coming up with that question. <laughs> On the fly last week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. <clears throat> Poe gazed at the dark, handsome man who dozed peacefully next to him. Finn had spent the months since recovering from his lightsaber injuries, eagerly learning about his life outside the First Order. This was his first experience of freedom, adventure, and friendship. Poe wasn't sure what Finn had expected when he begged to beat up resistance pilots to fly him out of clutches of danger, but he was pretty sure this wasn't it. Poe smiled to himself. His father had always told Poe that he had a knack for knowing how things would turn out in the end. Poe drew the covers close to his body. The silky feel of space bamboo linens was one of the few luxuries... Mm-hmm. <laughs> the silky feel of space bamboo linens was one of the few luxuries Poe allowed himself to have. He pressed himself close to his companion, and before drifting off, drifting off to sleep, Poe whispered to himself, I love it when a plan comes together. Oh my god, I love it. Aww. And that is the A-Team reference, because my favorite fanfic is an A-Team one. Uh... 
Of course it is. Mine's a little shorter. Good. I wrote a haiku. Nice. And, this um, is so like classic Danny. I love our, it. One of our listeners did this too, actually. So um, haiku is a common approach. Anyway, a haiku. <clears throat> Errol and Oral, Kratos can't stifle their love. Soliston oh and Gand. That's beautiful, Danny. I'm into this. This is wow. adorable. Wow. So Danny, but I love it. <laughs> okay, okay. I have one. I, I kept mine to the Twitter limit under 140 characters, which was so hard what I was trying to do. But anyways, the rogues level their guns at the ship. Black and unmarked, but unmistakably a B-wing. The ramp opens slowly, and a woman steps out. Lou Jane. Oh. <laughs> oh. Little plot twist predictable. there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nothing if not predictable, okay? Um, okay, I'll go. I did not keep mine to a tweet limit or anything either. Sorry, that was Elliot. <laughs> you sure you're up for this mission, Cap? We're taking not an awful risk on the, the legitimacy of this Bothan intelligence. Tycho stood, looking Wedge in the eye. The intelligence is probably wrong, but looking into it is the right thing to do, he said. I couldn't live with myself if I didn't. Lives are at stake. Lives we could save. Wedge grasped Tycho's shoulder, smiling. You are our best pilot, after all. No, Commander. I'm just a kid from Alderaan. Oh, How God. dare you? <laughs> so, right? Good. Oh, my God. How dare you? And we got a lot of really good ones from our listeners. So we can go through those now. Hassan said, here's Wedge and Corin going to Kessel to break Han's record. Both are flying modified X-Wings, and the winner is to be continued. No. But it was never continued, so Hassan, you need to let us know who the winner is. I need, I need to know. I mean, obviously, Corin kind of, wins. Kind of rude, to be honest. <laughs> Corin always wins. Corin is the best. Yeah. Corin no, is Wedge the greatest win. at everything. Oh my gosh. Ouch. What? I feel like I've been in Corin's <laughs> okay? head a little too much. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no one should ever do that. Um, show said, Batman vs. Superman, a custody case for adorable child Gavin, next on Judge Venn's Holo Court. <laughs> I'm there for it. Yeah, Judge Venn. So relevant. So he needs to have his own judge show. Like, that's his retirement. Yeah. Um, show sent in a second one. Shallow back to queen. Common smuggler scum. I'll suspect. Merrick's and Arisi are fighting again. Let's get out of here. Darling Arisi, we're alone at last. Oh, Mirax, my love. And then they smooch. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Show so much I fun. love you. You're my so we, don't, we don't need Corrin Horn. <laughs> no, who needs Corrin? <laughs> Nobody needs Corrin. <laughs> what if we find solace in each other's arms after he goes missing? Oh my god, I'm going to write that fic. <laughs> Do it. Yes. Do it. Yes. <laughs> Michelle sent us a five-word romance novel, and it goes like this. Corin looks in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. So good. Jay, like Danny, wrote a haiku. X-Wings without parts. Zrai was truly at a loss. M-Tray, his last hope. Wow. Raise 
I'm thinking. Yeah, that. it's good. That was right? good. Wow. It's good. It's finger snaps, right? That's what you do. I can't snap my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Were you doing the Z snap, Denny? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, oh. I think he was just snapping. Just... Oh, you're just snapping, right? I get it. I get it. Poetry. I'm. I'm leaving. Yeah. Because beatnik poetry, you know. Real talk, though. I'm loving the creativity that is inspiring in everyone. It's so good. It's really good. One of the side effects of being a rogue Potter listener they didn't even realize is that you will have written your own novel by the time we're done reading these books. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you will incorporate other listeners' characters into your novel. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just a highly elaborate uh, writing, creative writing workshop that we're doing here. <laughs> It's great. You would never even know. It, it took us this long to get to the first assignment. <laughs> <laughs> we're we had really, to build it in slowly. We're really playing the long con here. <laughs> so good. All right. Raising Fangirls said, Wedge comes into the room finding Gavin peering into a hole in the wall. Wedge asks, what are you doing? Taking a look, he sees Corrin and... And? And that... And that's where the it, fic ended. We're supposed to work on resolution in our next meeting of the writer's <laughs> workshop. <laughs> Clearly that's an area for growth here. <laughs> Luke Brywalker said, Gavin, the box says leave it in for five minutes, not 50. Then Riv Shiel says, with his fur bright red, I'm suing the makers of Just for Wolfmen. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, cute. Really good. It's really good. See, He's gonna have it, um. It's in my head. In my head, canon is Gavin's a ginger, and so uh, I think it's especially cute that Shields dyeing his hair to match. Oh, they gotta get yeah. Navarra to help him. Help him, sir. Right. It's really good. Take my case. Oh my god, matching redheads. That's so cute. So cute, right? Um, where are we? Oh, glistening pecs. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to make it through this one with laughing, I don't think, because it's... Do you want me to read it? <laughs> I can do it. I can do you it. You can do I'm it. Just... I have faith I'm probably going to need to take giggle breaks, because it's really good. <laughs> M-Tray and Tycho were relaxing on the couch in their shared PJs, watching a documentary about higher Grand Moff Mantuin Mantuin Third, and sipping from their respective glasses of oil and wine. I don't know," said Tycho, looking up from his work. "Do you think Wedge should ravish or plunder Corin's mouth here?" Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Mtree leaned over to look at Tycho's Wedge Corin work in progress, but slipped and spilled his oil all over Tycho's slender torso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, said M-Tray. I do apologize. Allow me to help. M-Tray winked as he tore off Tycho's shirt. No, you skipped a word. You skipped a very important word. <laughs> Gotta use that word. Someone, someone else take over. I can't. Saf, will you read it? Saf, read the rest of this one. M-Tray winked lasciviously as he tore off Tycho's shirt, revealing the pilot's listening pics. Oh, M-Tray, Tycho exclaimed, overcome. You're the only one who comforts me when Corin so cruelly mistreats me. I don't know what I'd do without you. He threw himself into M-Tray's awaiting muscular over arms. Let me show you how much of a rogue I truly am, M-Tray. 
<laughs> now I'm imagining M Trey with big beefy robot. <laughs> He's swole. So good. He's so good. He's hecka swole. Um, Thank you, this one gets, I don't know who you are, but I love it. This one gets so many bonus points, not only for incorporating some other user's character, hire Grand Moff Mantween, Mantween the Third into their fic. Yeah. But also for slipping their own username into the story as well. <laughs> I love right? it. So good. As well as using all the prompts from last week that we received. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well That's done. So amazing. Podcasting well was worth it. Just, just to gold get stars. like these things. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Side note I really hope listening Pex really is just a torso. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of like wondering who. Maybe it's a really buff robot. <laughs> maybe, could be. Could be. And then Ian Miller, who is the creator of Higher Grand Moff Mantuin Mantuin the Third, um, wrote a much longer fic, which we can link to in the show notes and on Tumblr. And I will read a brief excerpt from it. Higher Moff Mantuin Mantuin III sat back in his airspeeder and raptured by the holodrama before him. The display zoomed in on the face of a young Darth Vader, played several years ago by noted child star Garrick Lauren. Ah! Was... <laughs> what was that? You got a tunnel one, but that's so important to me. What? Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we can't know what that is yet? You guys don't get to know what that is yet. And we should also not Google it? Do not Google it. You will find out in three books. Okay. We'll get there. We'll be like, oh my god, we understand. Meg, um, that sound that you made. Yeah, that was I'm going to save that and use that all the time. I have a lot of feelings. Feel free. Okay. <laughs> a young Darth Vader played several years ago by noted child star Garrick Lauren as he watched an evil brightly caped Jedi blast down his parents on Coruscant, inspiring him to come to become the Emperor's Dark Knight, fighting for justice against the conscienceless alien superpowered Jedi in the canyons of the world city. Suddenly, his considerable bulk was jerked forward into the restraints as the speeder screeched to a halt. And for the rest of the story, you will have to find the link in the show notes. And finally, from Sarah Dempster, she said, Ersi and Corrin got drunk and did the do, but... <laughs> Corin thought about Corin thought about his dad the whole time and then felt guilty. <laughs> no, Sarah, the assignment wasn't to rewrite a scene from the book. <laughs> Good. I love it. I love it. Did the do? She perfectly captured Corin's character mm -hmm. <laughs> so well. It's brilliant. <laughs> so thank you for all of those listeners. They were. Wonderful. And for this week's question, what moronic thing did Lieutenant Nita do to get mirror station duty? Mm -hmm. I think that while he was off duty, he went into the, the museum, like we see Wedge in earlier, and trying to get like a selfie with one of the Ewok 
dioramas, he knocks everything over like a domino and like ruins all of the setup and they have to reset Oh, it. yeah, that's good. That's good. That's so good. Because he seems like the type. I'm going to say that he got caught writing Rogue Squadron fan fiction in a notebook. I think he like went to some imperial ceremony or something. I don't know what kind of ceremonies they have, like some medal giving ceremony for some person. And he managed to like trip while trying to make his way to a seat and just push over like the most important person there and just like knock them off the stage or something. And <laughs> everybody hates him now for that. I think that he had uh, night guard duty at the Imperial Museum and someone broke in and stole something while he was on duty. Mm. Aww. Like all the night at the museum? Yeah. Or maybe like all the things in the museum come alive at night and he was like going on adventures and, and then someone was able to steal something because of that. Or that sounds good. That sounds good. I was going to make it really complicated, but I was like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you the plot of Night in Museum. <laughs> oh, is that not what happens? I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it, but I can. Oh. <laughs> I've just made up what happens in my head. <laughs> it seems right. So if you want to answer our question this week, you can hit us up at Twitter at Rogue Podron. Find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us at roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Or subscribe via Far, Far Away Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or Feedburner. And hey, give us a rating and review while we're there because uh, we want to feel some love. Yeah. Sure. And we will love you back. Time and it really helps uh, podcasts get noticed. So we really appreciate it. Just Notice give us five I... stars. Say this podcast is appropriately weird and move <laughs> on with your life. Yes, actually. Or, like, write a little Rogue Podron fanfic in the review. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> we would love you forever. We should make that a listener question at some point for them to write a fic about us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Um, so we're basically Cornhorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're basically Cornhorn. Write a fic about us. It's no Naked in a dungeon. <laughs> I mean, we're just, we're just so awesome. Hmm. I mean, if you want to, guys. Not yet. Yeah, Not no one's yet. forcing you. Right. That'll that'll be our discussion question when we move from Rogue Squadron to Wraith Squadron. Okay. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. They'll really get to know us probably too well by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. A little oh my. So next week. It will be X-Wing Wedges Gamble State of the Squadron with Brian and Nancy from Tashi Station. Yeah. So in addition to sending us your answers to what Lieutenant Nita did to get on the mirror station, send us any questions you want us to discuss next time. Um, or, nope, that's all I got. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> As a reminder, State of the Squadron is just our chance to recap the whole book and look back at where we're, where we're at and share our thoughts about where we think we're going. It's a clip show. It's a clip show. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it also gives us a slight break from reading. Also, um, exciting day a week from, or next week Wednesday is when Poe Dameron number one comes out. Yay. Yep. Yay. So instead of reading X-Wing book, you'll be reading that comic. So thank you're welcome. Yeah. Your homework is to read a comic book about Poe Dameron. Yeah. So, uh, so hard. So rough. Best homework ever. 
And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. 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 Seth, you're not pewing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. That was a weird show. <laughs> that was a weird show. So good. Danny, why? Well, this is so we don't forget in the future. Now it's in the show notes. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure I copy pasta that for next time. Did you say copy pasta? I did. <laughs> sure. Did it, Danny, did you say like something about how like we're all going to discover the secret that you're actually the meanest one out of everyone? <laughs> I mean, is it still a secret? Like that came up. <laughs> I, now. Yeah, I believe in that now, yeah. for sure. Yeah, me too. Okay. Let's see, once I'm you discover to... that secret, then you'll discover the secret of my secret, that really it's all just an act because I have way too many emotions for all of you. Oh my god, you're a yen today. Um... Oh my god, he is! <laughs> <laughs> We're using words I don't know again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm ready to pod the cast if you are. Oh, we're not going to get another vocabulary. No, one. we're not. Nope. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't even know how to look up what you said. <laughs> uh, Y-A-N-D-E-R-E. So good. So good. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. I'm gonna start, so don't don't mess me up. All so right. many balls. So many balls. Definitely in this one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Literally this time. <laughs> Did I miss a chapter here? <laughs> Maybe super secret chapter. Okay. Tonight. I use violent means to get them in my arms. <laughs> this is so wrong. <laughs> Please keep that exact intro. <laughs> Tonight, interrupted by Danny. Danny always interrupts me. I also love that it took Danny that long <laughs> to look it up and react to it. Just because not all of us live in Brooklyn where there's an internet tower on every corner. <laughs> well, how do you not have the internet? I don't, I don't think that's how Brooklyn works. <laughs> You should also come visit sometime and see what it's really like here. <laughs> I'm worried I'll get bullied. By whom? By Heath or by Brooklyn? <laughs> by Brooklyn, which by extension includes Heath. I was like, Heath might bully you, but it's also flirting, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's also fine. <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> My lips are sealed. Guys. We are already a mess. <laughs> it's gonna be good cast. Be good. Good time tonight. Okay. <laughs>